The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. All right, everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of The Ash Holes, broadcast live from the Serena Royale stage at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. It's time to kick back and light up as we turn this Wednesday into Ash Wednesday. We are always entertaining, generally unscripted, and totally unfiltered. You can stream and download us on iHeartRadio, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, and Podbean, and of course, at theashholes.net. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Ash Holes and on Instagram at Ash Holes Radio. Oliver is still away. I think he's going to be officially called a guest when he's on the show now. You're pretty accurate. We have yeah. Stu in the producer's seat. And today we are joined via Skype by special guest Rick Ardito from uh, Foundation Cigar Company and the man behind the Upsetters, Foundation's infused cigar line. Welcome to the show, man. Rick, he's <laughs> taking a sip. Oh, here I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank there you, you for having. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being Thanks. with us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, very good. So he's right um, over here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's funny. He sounds like he's right here. But <laughs> you're down in Miami. Am I am I right? I will go with Miami. But better yet, I'm in Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> So what what kept you from getting onto the show today? Live, I mean, in person. Well, just an awful lot of um, all that boring, unglamorous, uh, all those aspects of uh, of a building a young company, mm-hmm. and uh, the paperwork just reached a point where you know I I, I jumped in. So I've been waiting in um, Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> mm. Sounds great. Now you just recently took back distribution of the upsetters correct so is that adding to your workload yeah um you know we're integrating uh this brand into uh uh foundations family of brands and um i can't say enough about how uh miami cigar helped us out that first year and um you know we're, we're just anxious to get things started but it's, it's been a little bumpy the last couple of days but uh we're up and running by tomorrow Oh, that's fantastic. That's good news. I'm glad it isn't taking longer than that. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, we are smoking today the Rocksteady out of uh, the um, Upsetters line. Uh, Rick, do you want to tell us a little bit about this cigar? Absolutely. Um, Rocksteady is is our Churchill offering in the the Upsetters uh, line. it's, it's a real nice uh, Connecticut shade wrap, uh, seeds right from our backyard in, in Windsor, Connecticut, mm-hmm. and grown in Ecuador, um, Indo binder, um, and then an even mix of uh, Nicaraguan and the magical leaf in that cigar, which is across the board in the whole line, is two leaves of Jamaican cow tongue. Jamaican cow tongue. That's correct. What is Jamaican cow tongue? Jamaican cow tongue is is a is a uh, a tobacco that pretty much well grows all over the island of Jamaica, mm-hmm. uh, 
very, very special um, uh, flavor um, from this leaf that it just so happens is very compatible with what we're doing with the leaf in terms of our uh, infusion. Right. Uh, a lot of intrinsic creaminess to uh, Jamaican cow tongue. Um, it's very, very mild. And um, the way I like to look at it, it's a, it's a leaf that's very open uh, to play nice with things that you were doing to it. So it matches very well with um, leaf and, um, as luck would have it, herbs. Okay. What, what makes it better than, than say, other, other tobaccos that, like, Nick might use in other cigars? Um. I wouldn't say better, you know, it's one of those apple oranges kind of thing. But if you're trying to arrive at a, at a cigar um, <clears throat> that you want to um, hit the uh, market with and you want the cigar to be um, pretty universal in terms of uh, uh, who your audience is going to be, you want to hit the, a very broad audience. I I don't really think there's a better leaf uh, filler leaf to go with than uh, Jamaican cow tongue because again the creaminess which is what I have always looked for in, in cigars I'll keep a cigar in my mouth um, based on creaminess alone mm -hmm. and um, that's what it offers and it and again it's very very mild yeah it is it is a nice mild cigar and it's burning. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, great part, uh, great construction. The construction is great. The burn line is really nice and thin. It's got a nice firm ash to it. It's very, very good. What, what, Rick, what got you into the cigar business in the first place? Oh, my God. What a story. <laughs> I, get a, I, get a, I get a call. I get a call one night from a friend. This is going back to 1996. And at the time, I was, uh, I had just moved to Connecticut from New York City. And I was, you know, just looking for things to do. I got involved in the restaurant business. And, and um, a friend calls me and says, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm importing humidors from Thailand. You want to help me sell them and market them? And, you know, have you got any time? And I said, yeah, sure, man. I go, what the hell's a humidor? And he <laughs> So it's come over my house. He goes, I'll show, I'll, I'll, I'll show you. So I go over there. I get a quick tutorial on Spanish cedar and a good seal, hygrometers, humidification systems, blah, blah, blah. I'm all charged up. I've got all of my six different models to show. I, I run right over to, I think back, back then it was a Bradley's, if they're still in business. Oh, Bradley's. Uh, imagine that. And um, <laughs> and I, I get one of those little carts and uh, a pull cart with a bungee cord and um, very familiar with uh, New York City because I said, you know what, with this, I'm going, you know, these are nice boxes. I'm going right into New York City. My first uh, account that I was looking to go visit um, after, after I pulled the uh, page of the, the yellow pages out of uh, the phone book um, was down at the World Trade Center. I said, you know what, I'll start at the World Trade Center. I'll work way, way, my way north. And that was uh, Jonathan Drew Incorporated. It was the only cigar shop in the city with a, with a big ad. And tobacconist of the World Trade Center. So I head down to the uh, World Trade Center. Can't find the store to save my life. But I keep <laughs> passing this little cart, a little cigar cart. And I go up to the cart and I go, listen, I'm looking for Jonathan Drew Incorporated. I have an appointment. I've got humidors. And it was Jonathan. He said, that's me. And I go, oh. He goes, what, you don't like the car? I go, dude, I'm in business 10 minutes. You're my first stop, you know? So, 
that that's how it kind of all began. You know, I got involved with uh, selling those humidors and then some pre, if anyone remembers the, the La Vieja from 98, mm-hmm. this was a cigar pre that even. And, um, and just started kind of, you know, learning the road, you know, visiting accounts in New York, Connecticut and, uh, New England. And, um, and it just kind of evolved from there. Well, that is an yeah. interesting way into the business there. <laughs> and then, you know, now you got into things, and, and now, you're with, now you're with Nick, who you've known a long time. Absolutely. And, and um, you know, what has been your fascination with um, infused cigars? Um, you know, a lot of it has to do with uh, a lot of the research I did years ago on, on, um, on the Arawak Indians, um, you know, I, I would always look at, um, you know, I, I, that's why I kind of laugh, you know, in the industry where everyone's obsessed with tradition, traditional. This is a traditional mm-hmm. cigar. And I'm thinking, okay, we go back 5,000, 6,000 years ago. The, the, the first civilization that we know of until we discover something else that was smoking tobacco were the Arawaks. Mm. And, um even more interestingly, um, it was it was herbs that that they were using to create as a heat source to um, to do the extraction of, of moisture once the leaf was pulled out of the field, and um, so that I've, I've I've always been a bit a big fan of that and, and just unusual things and, and kind of you know pushing the limits and. Now the Ar- the Arawaks they they were the uh, natives on in Jamaica. Um, well, you know, it, it was kind of a different Hispaniola, Caribbean, so to speak, back then. Um, um, you know, the plate tectonics and whatnot. But um, the civilization, yeah, was pretty much well scattered throughout the Caribbean. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Dominican Republic, they were real big. And um, always a rich history, a very rich spiritual history. Mm. Tobacco, you know, passive inhalation for five thousand years was, you know, blessing someone. So, <laughs> so you know, really, what you're trying to do is trying to pay homage to that, you know, thousands of thousands year old tradition of, of infusing tobacco with with herbs that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I I went to the website, and I guess the the technical way you describe it is Caribbean atmospheric herbal infusion. Am I right? <laughs> that's, that's it. That's very. That's, I don't think we can say it any clearer. That's a lot of syllables. Yeah, the, <laughs> can you explain explain to the audience exactly what that means, how that works? Well, Nick and I had a lot of back and forth uh, before I came back into the industry to work with on this project, and um, a lot of it was all and and you know and this was ninety nine percent Nick figuring out how to kind of duplicate this way that they would would extract uh, moisture from the leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we, we have our little, you know, we're kind of a, a, a little bit of a secret, um, so I don't really divulge too much about what we're doing, but let's just say that um, we've pretty much well duplicated the process that they used. Um, and, and, and a part of what we're doing does begin um, in Jamaica. In the May Pen region. Okay. okay. Which doctors? We heard it here first. That's how they're doing it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now, how many how many herbs do you guys use in, in making this 
I mean, th- this is a it's this is a very very flavorful cigar, mm. you know. And there's yeah. there's obviously a number of different flavors. What are some of the things that are are used for, in the infusion process? Um, you know, again, a, a lot of this is like protected ingredients and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But uh, every once in a while, I'll throw out there, you know, uh, you know, if you're familiar with coriander. Mm-hmm eucalyptus but there there's um close to a hundred different a hundred different things close to a hundred different things that are used yeah you just batch it up you bat you batch up a lot of leaf and um put the torch to it we have a very uh nice controlled environment set up and Mm -hmm. and and it's um very similar to um if you've seen um uh, you know, barbecue, you know, so let's, you know, smoke the, uh, the ribeye. You right, know? right. Okay. Yeah. The eucalyptus, that, that helped because I was trying to place this flavor that I'm familiar with. I was like, a, and I, I'm thinking mint, but I was like, but it's not quite mint. Eucalyptus mm-hmm. is it. That's eucalyptus, what I'm tasting. Yeah, there's definitely there, there some it eucalyptus is. here. What other things yeah. are you tasting me. in the cigar here? Uh, almost some clove, uh, you know, that kind of flavor. Mm-hmm. And definitely the sweetened tip. The, f- the first thing that you notice, obviously, when you stick it in your mouth is the sweetened tip. Uh, it took me back because you're mm-hmm. not used to that. You know, I don't right. go to flavored cigars a lot or the sweetened mm-hmm. tips. Uh, so it's a real shock at first, but it's, it's not bad. It's not, not like this artificial sweetness that you usually get out of the, you know, different brands. Yeah. Uh, so it's not bad. No, I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm enjoying it so far. Now, Good. now I know you kind of get upset when you call these things flavored cigars. Upset. They're not. No. They're, they're, Don't they're, say the F word. <laughs> <laughs> what What is the difference between flavored cigars and infused cigars? Because so often I think people think they're the same thing. Probably, you know, the best way to put it would be about three months worth of effort. You know, I, I could flavor a cigar for you while we're having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a, a nice little laboratory set up right over here. So, you know, flavoring is um, is is one one way and. And you know, as a manufacturer, when you're when your endeavor is to create a flavored cigar, you're sort of recognizing, well, okay, who's going to be the end consumer to this um, um, this cigar that I'm creating? And <clears throat> the thinking is, um, you know, why spend you know mega bucks per pound on on the best broadleaf I can come into, the mm-hmm. best Ecuadorian Connecticut, the best Esteli Valley. Um, you know, you're 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 basically you know uh, with the understanding that the person picking up this cigar, my flavored cigar, um, is not really a tobacco person, a connoisseur. This person is more about blowing smoke around. Everyone loves blowing smoke around, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and you know, a little vanilla just makes it kind of easy, you know, easy going. And um, the mentality with this brand is is creating something for the connoisseur market, a change-up. And um, I might even typify your typical upsetter smoker where I smoke a lot of traditional, and every six or eight traditional cigars I smoke, I'll, I'll smoke a Django or, or a Rocksteady, and, and, and it's, it's like a palate cleanser for me. Mm-hmm. It's a spiritualizer. That sweetness, incidentally, is, is molasses, that's mixed into the vegetable gum. So everything about this cigar is not to have a carryover effect, especially a negative effect on your palate. This is all about keeping your palate open to introduce you, to awaken your, your, your senses and keep them awake, mm. not shut them down. Mm. Mm. 
Nope. Now, all the names of your cigars, you know, the Rocksteady, the Zola, the Rocksteady, they came from Ninja Turtles, I believe. That's that's, that's definitely that. Can you tell us about, uh, you know, how you came up with the names and what these mean, specifically the Rocksteady that we're smoking now? Right. Well, um, you know, I mean, everybody loves Jamaica. Uh, You know, Jamaican colors and whatnot. Jamaica just means party. Um, I mean, it's just a magical island. Um, and starting with the, with the name, the upsetters, the upsetters was the house band, uh, to the originator of dub music. And that would be Lee Scratch Perry, who's 82 years old, still tours. And, um, you know, there's a rich history of that, the upsetters, you know, the, who were considered the original rude boys, you know, let's fight tyranny using music as a weapon. And, um, so everything about, um, the name of the cigar and the other, the various sizes like Ska and Small Axe, the Skipper, um, Django, is all meant to just illuminate and draw attention to the cow tongue leaf from the island of Jamaica that, that we're using and just kind of honoring, honoring that, you know, honoring that heritage. Right. That's really interesting. Yeah. There's some good stuff. Um, how are how are the now? There's like there's eight different lines, correct? Mm-hmm. For this, eight, uh, eight different sizes. Eight different sizes. Yeah. How are the how are each of those cigars different from one another? Is is the blending different in each of those? Or, you know, um, is for the most part, um, it, we we kept it real real simple. Um, uh, the uh, the curing methods that 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 we're using or the infusion. Is kind of meant to be like a general um, application for like a, a broad spe- spectrum. The only difference we really do with regards to something other than tobacco is on our darker leaf, which would be um, Zola, and um, which is a Toro, and the original Root Boy, which is uh, our six by sixty. Is you know what? Let's back off that that um, molasses a little bit. You know. Um, and that there is just kind of being mindful of the person picking that up might be a little less inclined to have something funky straight in their face. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot more sweetness in the Maduro leaf anyway. Naturally. Yeah. 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 It takes care of a lot of that. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, here, my next question is, you know, there's, there's obviously a lot of choices out on the market for people who are interested in infused or flavored cigars. You know, there's there's a Tatiana comes to mind, Acid comes to mind. Those are very popular brands. What do you what what do you makes the upsetters stand out? Why should somebody who's a, an Acid smoker or a Tatiana smoker uh, try your cigars? Um, well, you know what? I, again, they're, they're, I'm, I'm part of the team. Um, Nick Melillo, who's my favorite blender of all time. Um, we were there from, from the beginning, you know, and um, there's a lot of things that we wanted to do as far as the, you know, um, um, enhancing or, or, or um, encouraging an evolution of, of, of what we were doing with Infusion. And, um, you know, the company grew and grew and grew and, you know, we see where it is today, you know. Um, 
this was all about what I got excited about coming back into the industry to work with this was that we could actually really slow things down and really take this where we want to in terms of a, a, a cigar that that retailers can use as a tool to expand their market. And um, I've been out there on um, several tastings. I've done uh, coast to coast and um, and I'm already seeing the phenomenon that I saw 15, 20 years ago where um, I'm getting an awful lot of very traditional minded um, smokers, box buyers, mm-hmm. that, you know, they pull me aside and say, dude, I can't believe I'm buying this, you know, like I never <laughs> thought I would do something like this. And I think what they're recognizing is it's, ju- it's just good, you know, this is top-notch quality. The vision that Nick put into creating this line, above and beyond the the herbs and whatnot, it was, we want the blends, we want the quality of the leaf, the selection and whatnot, to stand on its own as a viable brand that we, we'd be comfortable launching into the marketplace. And it just so happens, you know, we're doing our, our enhancements to it and, um, and it, it's, it's catching on and it's, it's great to see. So part of the, part of the idea for, for doing this was um, to put Jamaica back on the map, you know, as a um, major cig- uh, tobacco hub Along with Cuba, you know, how do you see that happening with uh, the launch of this cigar? Um, I mean, we're certainly uh, drawing attention to it, um, um, and and um, I, I've noticed, you know, certain companies uh, starting to, you know, uh, you know, ask questions about cow tongue and 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 using cow tongue, and um, and I just hope it continues. You know, um, it, it's just it's an amazing leaf. Are there what other companies use cow tongue? Is there anybody other than you? Um, well, um, I know General Cigar with their Macanudo has reintroduced it um, huh. to some level. Um, there's that Temple Hall I tried not too long ago, and it was pretty reminiscent of um, of smoking, you know, a Mac from like 1989. You know, oh. uh, it's just that extra creaminess. Again, I can't say enough about the creaminess. That's that's the, the the overriding characteristic of, of that leaf, um, and then I know our, my good friend um, Espinosa um, released a line using cow tongue. So I, I you know what I expect it to grow. I, I can tell you this: it's not it's not an inexpensive leaf, mm-hmm. um, but um, nevertheless, I mean it's it's worthy of you know inclusion, you know in any cigar. It, mm-hmm. It's it, it's good stuff. It is very smooth, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's very yeah. smooth and creamy as a base. Um, mm-hmm. What um, Now, what would you say uh, to someone who doesn't smoke flavored or infused cigars? You know, why should they try an upsetter? I know a lot of, a lot of people, they, they will go and they'll, they'll take a whiff of, of that cigar, that cabinet, and go, oh, that's not for me. Why should they try it? Um, well, again, this, this is a true infusion. So our, all our applications have nothing to do with um, topicals or synthetics. Um, th- th- this here, I mean, again, you're smoking <clears throat> absolute quality. Um, and, you know, if you pick the cigar up unlit and give it a whiff uh, and you're not abhorred, <clears throat> abhorred by that aroma, 
then I tell people, you know what, let's light it up. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, it's about 50-50. And a lot of the events I've done around the country, again, it's it's um, it's probably leaning towards more like 70% traditional smokers. And um, mm-hmm. um, it, again, it's really cool to see because it, it, I, I, I think it's going to continue hitting a very, very broad audience. So you're saying you know that 70% of the traditional smokers, i.e., non-flavored, non-infused smokers, are when they try this, they like it. Absolutely. And then they're shocked that they like it, you know? And, um, um, and, and again, I'm, I'm, I suspect they'll, they'll, they'll be like, like me, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm a, again, I smoke a lot of cigars. Um, and this is like every six or eight cigars. I'll, I'll, you know, I, I lit up a small axe for this. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's, it, again, it's just that palate cleanser. It doesn't linger. You'll see once you're done with those, it's your, your palate is fresh and open and saying to you, okay, light up another, you know, what, what, you know mm. pick something else, you know, go to your Padron, go with, to whatever you want. Um, <clears throat> and, and, and that's what this is all about. I could definitely see right after having like a, a big like Italian meal going to this and it being a good transition, right? <laughs> <laughs> you get those flavors, you get those herbs. Then mm-hmm. you're good to go. I could definitely see that too. I, you know what the the flavor I'm getting. You know, I'm, at least to my palate is like a, a pine, mm. pine kind of okay. flavor. Um, very sweet, um, kind of a woody floral finish. Um, definitely that you know hint of eucalyptus there. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's very difficult to describe the flavors in it the is, cigar, yeah. and maybe that's because this is a such a different. You know, uh, experience for me. I mean, we can't rely on traditional cigar flavors, right. you know, because we're not really going to pick that up. So it's hard mm-hmm. to describe to other cigar smokers. <laughs> yeah. But, right. but right. It's, I'm enjoying it. You know, I was I went into this with an open mind. I don't really like flavored cigars typically, um, but I, you know, I wanted to approach this with kind of a just an open mind. You know, not looking at it as a traditional cigar necessarily. But just mm-hmm. taking it for the flavors for what it is, uh, and I like it. You know, it's I'm enjoying it. Mm. It's very smoky. Yes, very smoky. Um, yeah. But if you go into it thinking that you're putting a, a traditional cigar in your mouth and looking for those flavors, you'll probably just from the shock value of it might not like it. But if you right. go into it thinking, hey, let's try something new, a different experience. I'm going to have some different flavors than I've ever tasted before. Then you mm-hmm. might you'll. Prep yourself, basically, to right, right. Because it's not; it. it's yeah. it's 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 a different animal, and yeah. you need to be you need to be in the mindset for that. It's like a between going between a pipe and a cigar. You know, it's different Correct. flavors altogether. Correct. Um, if you go in smoking a pipe, expecting it's going to be just like a cigar, you're mm. going to hate the pipe. And mm-hmm. I tell you, one of the things that really attracts me the most about this cigar is the the history that you referred to with the um, uh, Arawak Indians, and and that this is how they you know, were preparing their tobacco thousands and thousands of years ago. That, that I'm a history buff of, of sorts. And that, that really is of interest to me. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, we need to do our, uh, highlight of the week. Well, let's, while we're have Rick here, why don't we highlight Rick himself? Well, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty active on, uh, Instagram. So if you go to Rick Ardito, on Instagram, you will see his page. It's uh, R I C K A R. Let me check my spelling. 
A-R-D-I-T-O, one word, Ricardito. Uh, you know, he's posting pretty actively. You can speak for yourself, Rick, if you want. Uh, yeah. you're, I, I noticed you mentioned when you're doing events and things like that. So if people want to mm-hmm. touch base with you and they're in the area, uh, definitely worth a follow. And Foundation Cigars, uh, you know, they're per- really active. There's a lot of cigar brands out there that aren't very active on Instagram and they need to, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but they're, they're missing out. But, uh, you know, Foundation really nails it. So they're, they're constantly posting, constantly updating people on what's going on in the company. So yeah, check them that's out. That's good. That's good. And yeah, I follow Nick and, and, um, I follow uh, Rick as well, and they're both very, very active. I love their stuff. They have great mm-hmm. pictures on there. All right, and remember to use the hashtag AshholesRadio. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can use the Ashholes as well, but that keeps going up and down yeah, for I'm, whatever I'm reason. I'm convinced it's somebody just reporting things because it's like it'll be back, and then a few days later it'll be off. Right, right. Typically on a Wednesday morning, just, uh, mm-hmm. just saying. Mm-hmm. Somebody's, somebody's just shenanigans. <laughs> so use the hashtag AshholesRadio on your IG pics for a chance to be highlighted on the show. All right? We're going to be uh, going to a break right now and uh, after the break we're going to announce our ash hole of the week and we're going to continue our thoughts on the rock steady upsetter and does it make the cut we'll let you know in the second half of the show we'll be right back In a time where humidors are overflowing and retailers' shelves are on the verge of buckling, there is one brand that stands out amongst the rest. Sereno Cigar Company offers four distinct blends. The Connecticut, the Medio, Maduro, and Maduro XX. The Sereno Royale Maduro XX, named number one cigar of 2016 by the Ashholes Radio Podcast, is a creation of elegance and sophistication. Crafted at the La Corona Cigar Factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, the Sereno Royale Maduro XX comes to life by the experienced hands of master blender Omar Gonzalez. Gonzalez Aleman and industry veteran Anthony Serino. To create this masterpiece, a blend of filler tobaccos from the fertile soils of Esteli and Jalapa are aged for over five years and then draped with a dark and luxurious Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper grown from the famed Habano 2000 seed to bring you an endlessly complex and full-bodied experience. A post-roll aging process of two additional years allow the blend to marry, creating unmistakable notes of rich cocoa, leather, and coffee that tantalize the palate, leaving you anticipating the next draw. Visit SerenoCigars.com for a list of retailers, and you can always find Sereno Cigars available at TwoGuysCigars.com. It was 2010 on my 50th birthday. Nick Perdomo from Perdomo Cigars showed up in my office and honored me with a gift. It was a box of cigars. But this box of cigars was not what I expected, one I never saw before, something without the Perdomo name on it. It was my name, Garofalo. Garofalo Cigars has my name on it, but it was blended and created by Perdomo as a gift, a gift of a brand of cigars. So what should you expect from a Garofalo cigar? Rich layers of complex flavors, but offered in a mild to medium body profile. A blend comprised of fine Cuban seed Nicaraguan tobaccos, including a triple fermented five-year-aged Connecticut shade wrapper. I'm honored to have Garofalo, my name, surrounding such a wonderful cigar. I would be honored if you would give a Garofalo cigar a try. Garofalo Cigars, an honor. Cigar smokers, how about if we go over a few cigar store sounds? Can you guess what this is? Think you got it? Okay. Do you know what this is? Now for the cigar. What do you think of this cigar? Sounds 
I'm lighting up a Lagiana Havana cigar. The Lagiana Havana natural cigars are, oh yeah, so smooth. And oh yeah, the Maduro version is a bit beefed up. But oh yeah, they're delicious too. When asked what my favorite cigar is, I always say it's Lagiana Havana. Oh yeah. In a world where the success of a cigar brand is recognized by its flavor, comes two that go head to head. One man smoking two cigars at the same time. Two rappers united in name, but separated by taste. One cigar known as the natural. The natural is no lightweight. It boasts full flavor and taste. The United Cigar Natural. Now comes the Maduro. Darker and even more bolder. With in-your-face flavor. United Cigar. Nothing could prepare you for what awaits you in the box. Both box pressed. Both 65 million years in the making. Uh, that may be wrong. Well, I'm going with it anyway. Action, adventure, and bromance. That's right. Bromance. United Cigar. Available in natural or Maduro. Available only at appointed United Cigar retailer shops nationwide. Rated D for delicious. Under 18, not admitted even with a parent. United Cigars. You don't have to choose. Smoke them both. In 1848, in honor of the English poet Lord Byron, a cigar brand named Byron was first created. Through three centuries, Byron has gone through many hands, but today it is back with the family that first created them. Returning to the early days, now the brand, in a very limited quantity, is produced in a small factory in Costa Rica. Nelson Alfonso offers three Byron blends honoring all three centuries of Byron, Siglo 19, Siglo 20, and Siglo 21. Other cigars sit in an aging room for 60 days, but every Byron cigar sits in an aging room for a period of at least one full year, then and only then into ultra-luxurious porcelain jars and state-of-the-art cigar humitubes packaging. Sure, Byron's packaging is unique and costly to produce, but nothing else will do for a cigar of this quality and taste. Byron Cigars. Cigars of poetry. Sophisticated. Byron. All right, welcome back to the Ashholes. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, and Podbean. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Ashholes and on Instagram at Ashholes Radio. We're joined via Skype by uh, Rick Ardito of Foundation Cigars and uh, the guy behind their infused line called The Upsetters. And we're smoking The Upsetters Rocksteady mm-hmm. Cigar. Um, this is very sweet. It's very smooth. It's a mild cigar. Yes, would you yeah, say yeah, it's a mild, mild cigar? Absolutely. And right now, I'm really starting to appreciate that molasses that's yeah. uh, mixed in with the uh, um, cigar. Yeah, and when you say very sweet, it's you know it's sweet on your tongue because of the molasses, but it's not like the the whole cigar is sweet, sweet. You know, like it it's yeah. doesn't hit the back of your tongue, and you know it doesn't coat your mouth, so no. it's not overpowering sweet. So. That's by design, gentlemen. Um, you know, again, the way we're um, applying the molasses, um, through the combustion of the cigar, when you're smoking the cigar, it kind of, um, it, it sort of cooks it as as you're smoking it. So, like every puff, you're getting another little fresh bit of molasses, if mm. that makes sense. 
Okay. And that's, that's all through the, that's all on the leaf all the way down the cigar, correct? Right. 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 Hmm. right. See, right in the vegetable gum. Mm -hmm. So it's not just basically coat, like some just coated on the tip and you're going to basically lick it off by the end. So it's right. going to stay now, there the whole time. Right. Now, yeah. you, do you sweeten the tips of, of this at all? Um, no. no, no. So yeah, that's a, that's so another thing I wanted to wanted to clarify mm -hmm. is that the the sweetness is that molasses that's that's you know mixed in with the gum that uh, attaches it to the uh, binder and filler, and it's so it's a very different kind of experience from other um, uh, flavored or infused cigars mm -hmm. that you might have tried. Yeah, I just took a quick draw and I got a lot of the pine that you were talking about. So mm -hmm. when you're it's burning hot, you taste more like the the pine. Uh, the needles, even like the pine needles. Mm -hmm. So I guess you could say gin. You know, <laughs> people <laughs> almost that would be the juniper, I think, or something. It's got maybe. a very interesting retro too. Rick, Rick, how would you describe the retro on this cigar? Uh, you know, uh, again, <clears throat> it's to me the, the, the cigar and what, what keeps them in my mouth and what uh, and what keeps me pleased mm -hmm. with the outcome of, of all the blends is um never lingering every pull is 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 different it's mm. like fresh it, it's using the combustion of the of the cigar to constantly activate other elements it certainly uh, it certainly is keeping my palate you know uh mm. awake and wondering what the heck's going on yeah it's yeah. very it's very it, and that's a good thing mm. i'm not saying that mm. is a bad thing it's a mm. uh, it's a really a whole different uh, a whole different category of experiences mm -hmm. than I'm used yeah, to. Yeah, some complexity where it's not just like a flavored cigar where you're getting one flavor throughout right. the whole thing and then, I don't know, mm -hmm. using a fidget spinner or something. Like that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and then using <laughs> that, a that's fidget spinner. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you know, Rick, at, at this point in the show, we, we usually highlight a, uh, what we call the ash hole of the week, and that's somebody who's uh, done something uh, not exactly smart or cool or uh on color that we highlight during the week you feel i'm going to tell this story here and and uh you feel free to put your two cents in on this okay mm -hmm. um this week according to uh fox news uh california's governor jerry brown on friday last friday signed a law that lowers the penalty for exposing partners to hiv from a felony to a misdemeanor, which includes those who donate blood without informing the center about their HIV status. Now, to be very clear, this is, this is a law that is saying if you knowingly, intentionally, maliciously intent to infect somebody with HIV, this goes from... It, well, hold on, hold on. It says intentionally... And, or intentionally expose someone to it. So it's not, not malicious. It doesn't talk about malicious you know, intent or things like that, but intentionally. So I'm going to disagree with this because, I mean, when I first saw this, it, was, it shocked me. And so I you know, was reading up on it, uh, looking, why would he do this? Uh, and the issue is that that word intentionally, it's basically, it, the, well, for one, Intentional speaks to intentional speaks that you need to foreknowledge. It, it's a foreknowledge thing. Yeah. I'm not going to tell the blood drive that I have HIV. Yeah. Well, that's, well, first that's of all, bad. blood drives they tested it no matter what. So even if you 
didn't know they're testing it. So if but if everything's you getting know tested, and you don't do it, if you're you, intentionally trying to introduce that into the system, but if you know and, and you give blood, it gets thrown out anyways because they test it. So that's don't even worry about that because that's that's a non-issue. Uh, secondly, the ninety percent of the people that were affected by this law that were getting these mm-hmm. this punishment, which is like eight years, I think it is, uh, were prostitutes. So, okay. so if you're talking that the majority is prostitutes, so they're doing this anyways, and <laughs> what it does is it de-incentivizes getting tested for HIV because as soon as you're tested and you know, boom, eight years on your sentence, instead of just being charged with prostitution, now you're being charged with this crime and getting eight years thrown on. So it makes it, it makes it you know, the incentive is to not get tested, to claim ignorance, ignorance is bliss, and you're going and infecting people left and right. So it's it has the total opposite effect when well, you're de-incentivizing getting tested. The you know the other side of this you know and I tend to agree with the uh, with one of the Republican uh, lawmakers, uh, Joel Anderson, who revo- who voted against the bill. He said, "quote I'm of the mind that if you purposely inflict another person with a disease that alters their lifestyle for the rest of their life, puts them on a regimen of medications to maintain any kind of normalcy, it should be a felony." So to me, this sounds like he's he's understanding this to be intentionally trying to do this to somebody. And I agree with that statement, but I think that this law did not accomplish that effectively. What they should do is charge people that even unintentionally infect other people. Now, first of all, there in a lot of the reports, they mention that the people that are getting treated, that are, mm-hmm. are on the, the drugs, whatever, um, that they're not spreading the disease, that it's there's, there's, there's almost zero chance of spreading HIV uh, when you're getting you know proper treatment, I'm not a scientist. Whatever with that. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. but I, you, I, but I but there's a even if there's a small chance and you pass it on, then okay. Now the people that do pass it on, whether you knew about it or not, I think they can. You should be able to charge them with. Uh, I agree. If if charge if, them with negligence, if, with with criminal negligence. If if there is, if if it if it's a not a malicious thing. Then, yeah, I agree with the misdemeanor thing. But it, it seems to me, from at least from this article here, that the, the, the really the push behind it was every other disease, communicable disease, mm-hmm. was a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. AIDS was the one exception. Yeah. So why don't we make this, you know, all equal and make AIDS a misdemeanor as well? And to me, if, if, you're, if you are using uh, a a virus or a disease as a weapon, mm-hmm. it should be a felony. Oh, absolutely. And it should be a felony for all of them, not just not just HIV. And I think that there's still the room, and they might even, I hope they introduce a law that makes it, if you're using a disease as a, as a weapon, which there, there was a few cases that they said it was like less than 2% mm-hmm. where people with that were doing this intentionally to infect people. So they can make a law for that that doesn't, de-incentivize getting tested for HIV for the sex workers, for people that are, or just active people that are, are going from person to person. Right. Because at this point, you know, there's no excuse for saying, you know, well, I didn't know. It's like everybody knows if you're sleeping around, you get tested. So you can say negligence because a reasonable person would know that you're supposed to test yourself, get yourself tested. And so whether you knew you had the disease or not, if you pass it on, then you could be criminally negligent. Now, the issue with this one is that people were going to jail even if they didn't pass it on. Even if, the, if like, the sex workers that were getting picked up, they found that they had HIV, 
then they were getting eight years tacked on before they had any intercourse, before they passed on HIV to anybody. Because it was HIV. Because it was HIV. Because so it was, it, was, HIV. it was without even shooting the gun, okay. they were getting arrested for murder, basically. Okay. So, you know, my, again, I, I'm sticking with it. I'm nominating uh, uh, California Governor Jerry Brown as the actual of the week because of the, the rationale that, you know, because you can pass hepatitis intentionally. Mm-hmm weaponize it yep right and give it to that's only a misdemeanor therefore aids should also be a misdemeanor i think it's wrong i think that they should have said if you are weaponizing that disease if you are intentionally trying to infect somebody else it should be a felony see i'm saying he's not the asshole because this law didn't address that issue it wasn't about uh, making it equal to other infections it was about let's decrease the amount of spread of hiv in the state by incentivizing people to actually get tested. So if they start charging people for our criminal negligence for not knowing that they were infected, mm-hmm. you know people are going to start testing themselves because it's like, I'm not going to jail for, <laughs> for something I didn't know I had. So. All right. Well, we're going to have to agree to disagree on that. <laughs> yeah. that's, just, that's just a bunch of crap. Anyway, <laughs> uh, do you have anything to put on that before we change subject there, Rick? Jerry Brown's got a great set of eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> You heard it. You heard it here mm. on the Ashholes. Jerry Brown has great eyebrows. That's fantastic. Um, what are you? What are your continuing thoughts on the uh, the rock steady upsetter here? It's it's progressing along. It's building in uh, in body, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it's, and getting more of that pine. Uh, the the sweetness is there. Um, the uh, eucalyptus is backing down a little bit. Yep. Uh, and getting more like that clove and pine flavor. Uh, I'm going to have to agree with that, uh, the, the finish. You know, one of the things I like about this is there's all sorts of flavors on here, and it's a, it's a very uh, intense experience when you're retroing and on the finish of the cigar, but it's very short. Uh, like you said, it, Rick, it kind of, you know, your palate is kind of cleansed very quickly after you uh, puff the cigar. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Let's do with the. Uh, let's uh, find out what's going on with uh, Michelle okay, right yeah. now. Okay, well, Michelle. For those of you who might be tuning in for the first time, is uh, one of our regular listeners. She's a professional surfer and model, and each week, uh, she tells us about some of her experiences in her travels and uh, suggestions, especially as it relates to cigars. Uh, and I know she has some stuff to tell us this week. You can follow Michelle on to actually, I'm going to hold off on that because she's changing her handles and stuff uh, so that she's uniform across all of the uh, platforms now. But why don't we uh, listen to what Michelle has to say for us this week? Aloha! Woohoo! First place, and that's how it's done, son. <laughs> my dad celebrated my return to the top with a pissed off Kristoff and a glass of old ripey bourbon. He says it's the perfect combo to celebrate with. For those who don't know, my father celebrates with a pissed off Kristoff after my wins because I've had so many critics and he knows it's pissing them off. <laughs> He loves the cigar in the name almost as much as seeing me win. We visited and enjoyed Club Del Habano, a quiet and relaxing place to buy a cigar as well as sit and enjoy one. Dad got to try the Inca Secret Blend, which is a 100% Peruvian cigar handmade in Terrapoto, Peru. Every inch of this cigar from the filler to the wrapper is handcrafted locally. 
Dad said it was tasty and had sweet hints of vanilla accompanied by espresso and leather. He said it's worth getting a few for your stay and even to bring home. I can say the guys at the shop were very nice to me. Everyone spoke some level of English and the shop was airy and open. There was ample seating and we spent a few hours in the shop. We weren't rushed in any way and the locals were very curious about America. I enjoyed Club Del Habano very much, as did my dad. This has been Miles with Styles, and you're listening to The Ash Holes <laughs> on the United Podcast Network. Oh, very good. Yeah. I'm proud of you, Michelle, for first place in Peru. That's fantastic. Rick, have you ever been to Peru before? No, I have not. I haven't either. That's no. why we have Michelle on. We kind of live vicariously through her. So we don't have to travel. It's going to be interesting <laughs> next week. Uh, right now, she's in the Galapagos Islands. Mm. Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable stuff. Smuggle back a turtle or something. <laughs> I have some pictures. I have some <laughs> pictures that she sent of, of tortoises. It's one of the things I wanted to see. Mm. Um, Rick, what's, what's next for the uh, upsetters? Are you guys planning anything in the future? Where are you uh, going from here? Um, you know what? We're just kind of letting this thing grow organically. Um, I'll be pretty committed to, to the road um, over the next year. Um, next stop would be Phoenix Territory, and um, and I should be up in New England fairly soon as well. And um, you know, whatever. There's no shortcuts. You know, you just kind of take it, take it to the street. Yeah, and, very uh, true. Hmm. Yeah. So what are you picking up now, Aaron? Uh, well, it's really building up. Uh, you know, it's, I'm going to let it cool off a little bit because I feel like I'm probably burning it a little hot. Uh, you know, get a little burn on my lips. Uh, getting that real heavy pine. Uh, mm. But I'm going to let it cool down a little bit, see if that helps the flavor a little bit. You know, back it down. Yeah, I'm picking up a lot of uh, toasty notes. I think that it's – and it's interesting, that toastiness and that creaminess of the, of the cigar mixed with the uh, molasses – uh, in there, it's a very, very nice flavor. Very, very nice. And, yeah. and I love, Rick, I love the smoke on this cigar. I'm blowing these smoke rings here, and it's just fantastic. Mm. Yeah, so I just took a draw now that was a little, took it nice and slow, and I'm getting back to that herbal, you know, sweetness, and it's it's much more enjoyable that way. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, what's What's been, what's been your... Uh, the thing that really, uh, what part of the cigar process is your favorite thing to do? Is it, is it the coming up with the, the blends? Is it, uh, trying new things kind of, um, uh, you know, brainstorming, uh, possible blends or things like that. What is it? What do you like to do most with the upsetters? Um, I would, I would have to say, I mean, I'm, I'm very little R and D, um, mm-hmm. I'm sort of OCD, ADD, so <laughs> I got to be out there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a real animal. I'm a caged animal. You know, I got I to be out on the road, uh, curtain up in a store, and I, I'd like to, I, I get off most on, on turning people on to something new, something completely different, and, and um, I thrive on, on opposition, on someone saying, no, nah, that's not for me. <laughs> and, you know, and you cut it, you let them smell it, and whatever, and um, and just a, a kind of awakening people, mm-hmm. you know. What's to, one? Of, to, what's one of your stories of 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 a successful 
conversion of somebody, somebody who just said, no, no, no. <laughs> and you said, here, try this. And they loved it. Wow. I mean, there's been so, so many. I mean, I just finished up a, um, I think it's called a little smoke out in um, Spokane, Washington, at, at the, the big fancy schmancy mm -hmm. casino out there. And um, we rocked it. I mean, it was like 30 boxes sold and, and um, probably 80% of the boxes I sold to end consumers made a point of saying, I never thought I'd buy something like this, hmm. you know? And um, so that, that just informs me that, 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 that we're on track that, you know, um, you know, thankfully I've got Nick overseeing this thing. Again, he's, he's brilliant with this stuff. He's a real visionary when it comes to blending and, and kind of seeing leaf and, and, and the process all the way down to a molecular level. It's, it's, it's pretty funky. And, um, and, you know, I, when you create something that just tastes good, it's just a matter of getting it in people's hands. And, and um, you know, my motto is a face-to-face -face is worth a thousand tweets, and that, that's what kind of keeps me out there. You know, we're, we're getting a real good return on this brand. So do you ever see uh, the upsetters leading people into the rest of your brand, so the other Foundation cigars, or is it typically the other way around? People that are familiar with Foundation will try it, or is it um, more of a mix? Very early to tell. Don't forget, we're only on the street, really, if you factor in um, when we first shipped. It's less than a year, but absolutely, you know. Um, and, and I always tell people, too, listen, if you, if you have a buddy, like, say there's five of you, four of you are cigars, you know, full-blown cigar smokers, mm -hmm. and that fifth buddy is kind of on the fence, eh, you know what? If you want to make him or give him the best possible <laughs> At becoming a cigar smoker, give them this. You know, mm -hmm. this 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 is going to really ex excite his palate. Again, the, the vision behind this brand is to excite the palate and bring people into cigar smoking. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever brand that you know they end up smoking. So you see, you see this really as a as a means to bring people into cigar smoking who haven't smoked in the past. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, <laughs> I also look at it in a very broad way. You know, again, take the, the guy who's been smoking 20, 30 years that has his his brand and wow. OK, this is something different. Uh, the entry level person. Um, yeah, it's 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 a big, big audience out there. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, my thoughts was, you know, getting into this, you know, I would share this with my friends that are into flavored cigars and kind of share it with them. I would enjoy, you know, mm -hmm. typically they, they would have their flavored cigars and I would get a real cigar. <laughs> <laughs> no. but, but this I would share with them. Yeah. Now, this this brings up, you know, we, we talked about on, on uh, I believe, last week's show, you you tried a, a flavored cigar and yeah. you were oh, just gosh. totally turned off with it. And um, Could, you know, couldn't you even handle it. We're not necessarily inch. looking forward to this. No. And so what's 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 the difference between that cigar that you had and and this? So the, the and it was a it was a flavored cigar, so it just tasted very artificial. Every draw, I was just uh, I, I couldn't take it. I got an, an inch in and I had to drop it. You know that was ten dollars wasted basically. <laughs> um, but this you know this doesn't taste anything artificial. It's just it it's like 
I don't know, fresh bread. Like a, it was something with a, you know, um, the herbs, you know, encrusted on the top, on the crust. It just, it's, it's enjoyable. But it, you know, don't take it as a traditional cigar. Take it, take it as, for what it is. Uh, but you know, still some good flavors. Okay. Okay. Very good. Yeah. I'm. This is a. You know, again, I'm not generally a uh, flavored or infused cigar smoker. Um, and this, I think, is my second or third upsetter. And, and specifically, this particular one, the Rocksteady, is really, really enjoyable. I'm, I'm really, I'm really liking it for what it is. Um, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this a thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, if if uh, infused cigars are your thing, or if you are new into the cigar world and want to try something different, or want to try something different as a, a seasoned smoker like myself, uh, pick one of these up. I don't think you'll be disappointed. No. Yeah. And if you have friends that, you know, you're going to have a cookout or whatever. You have friends that don't smoke cigars, but, you know, they like Italian food. <laughs> Pick it up. They might, you might turn them on to cigars. So thumbs up from you? I, I would give it a three quarters just to be consistent because it's not something I'm going to go to every day. But, I, you know, I will go to it again uh, for the right audience with, with the right crowd of friends. Right. I have not had to uh, touch this up. The burn has nope, been yeah. great all the way down. And, um, uh, again, very smoky, great draw. Uh, the ash has been great, too. It hasn't been messy or anything like that. Not that that should necessarily detract from a cigar, mm-hmm. but very, very good. Rick, you did a good job. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for being oh, Thanks for being oh, on the show, man. Oh, my pleasure. I look forward to being on there again. And I know I'm coming up in December to do a, a show up there. And, and um, you know, New England's my home, so... That's awesome. That's awesome. We'll look forward to having you on the show when you're here. We'd love to have you live. Excellent. Excellent. Awesome. Well, next week, you know, fall is here. It's getting colder. It's getting dark sooner. And, you know, people, a lot, most people, you know, they, you know, enjoy a cigar outside on their porch or something. And it's getting harder to enjoy those longer Toro or Churchill cigars outside. Well, it will. I mean, it's been super warm here. Yeah, now it, yeah, it's been unusually warm. Yeah. But uh, we're going to highlight some short smokes next week. We're going to look at uh, four of them. Four cigars. Four short smokes that uh, you should pick up for the fall and, and winter. And if you want to find out what they are, you're going to have to tune in next week. Mm. That's how it works. I'm going to make it um. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. You've been listening to the Ash Holes Unfiltered Cigar Radio broadcasting live from the Serena Royale stage at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And you can download this and any other episodes you may have missed on iHeartRadio, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, and Podbean. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Ash Holes and on Instagram at Ash Holes Radio. We'll see you next week. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.